The finals are heating up with four weeks left of the regular season. Welcome to Steve's NRL Footy Tips for Round 17. I'm your host, Stephen Westway. It's a pleasure to join you guys every Tuesday afternoon as we talk the latest news in Rugby League uh, and we discuss the upcoming round. Before we get to my recap of the Round 15 Telstra Premiership, um, let's have a look at the latest news in the NRL and the big headline Coming out today is that uh, Peter Valandis this morning had an interview where he suggested that State of Origin might find a home uh, full-time postseason uh, starting from 2021, uh, depending on what happens this season. Of course, with COVID-19, the State of Origin has been moved to the first game uh, commencing the week after the NRL Grand Final. Um, so it's going to be very interesting to see whether they move it uh, post-Grand uh, Final every year or not. Um Let's get into the positive and negatives from that. If they do move it um, to after the grand final every single season, the positives, it doesn't interrupt the flow of the NRL season. I know a lot of people have had problems over the past five to ten years about uh, star players being absent from their team um, and not being being able to uh, come and, and play for the team every single week due to origin commitments. Um, so that will be a positive. Um, they can schedule origin back-to-back weeks so they can have it three weeks in a row. If they, uh, if they do it after the grand final, uh, they can also pick an extended squad. So a 25 to 30 man squad for each side in New South Wales and Queensland and have a longer origin camp leading up to each match, um, which will improve team chemistry. So there's definitely some positives if they were to move it. A lot of people are going to be on the fence about it. A lot of people are going to have mixed opinions. I'm of the opinion that I don't think um, it should change. I like it in the mid-season and I'm going to go through the reasons why the negatives to changing it uh, to the after the grand final uh, will be players will be burned out from a grueling season, especially with the finals campaign uh, just ending the week before Origin would start. Um, players would be struggling to back up, especially if you win a grand final, you'll be still be celebrating. If you take that away um, from the players, they don't really get to celebrate um, a very hard-earned season, win or lose. Um, it's good to kind of wind down after a very long season um, of first-class NRL. Um, Players will also have to stay fit and avoid surgery till November if they had to play in Origin, if they do have any niggling injuries, and the clubs might actually force these players, like they have been known to in the past, to take the surgery straight after their last game, or even before their last game of the regular season. If they're going to play in Origin postseason, they wouldn't actually be able to do that. Um, players could drop out of NRL, uh, could drop out of Origin because of that. And if they don't and delay the surgery to post-origin, might not actually be fit for the upcoming season. Um, so a lot of negatives there. I don't think uh, it will also help the teams that don't make the finals each year. If they, uh, teams like Manly, for example, this year, you've got Jason Roerich and Daly, Daly Sherry Evans. They won't be playing finals football in 2020, but they're going to have to stay in the COVID bubble. Obviously, that's a one-off situation, but they're going to have to stay in the bubble and stay fit and keep training um, because both of those players are, look certain to make Origin this year. Um, so that's also another, another negative. Playing into the summer also uh, will increase fatigue and player burnout potentially, um, which would result in lower quality matches. Usually uh, in the midpoint of the season when we're heading into Origin, players are reaching their peak fitness and playing their best football. So it leads to something very exciting football. So the last thing that the NRL would want would be their biggest revenue maker in State of Origin being a lower quality event each and every year. Um, also, with the if it does play into November Origin, you've also got competition from uh, sports like the NBA, NFL, NHL, cricket. I think it's a bit too much to ask casual fans that don't watch rugby league every week 
to come back um, and just sit for an entire f- uh, final series and then uh, watch the all the free origin matches. So there's a lot of pros and negatives. Um, obviously, this is going to split the NRL community. I'm not going to spend too much time on the topic, but let me know what you guys think in the comments on Steve's NRL Footy Tips on Facebook. Please like that page if you haven't. Please subscribe um, on Apple Podcasts, leave a review, um, or subscribe on Spotify or Google Podcasts, wherever you guys listen to the show each and every week. All right, let's get to the recap of round 16, and it was a uh, tough week for me. It all started on Thursday night from Bankwest Stadium when the South Sydney Rabbitohs uh, destroyed the Parramatta Eels and really sent a statement to the rest of the NRL, uh, not just for their season, but also for Parramatta season. What does this mean for Parramatta? Are they a top four team? Are they a team that can contend for the premiership? We're going to talk about that later in the show. Um, but I did tip the Rabbitohs for the upset. Not by 38 points, only tipped them by six, but that may be one from one for the week. Moving on to the Friday games, the Gold Coast Titans uh, upset the St. George Dragons 14-10. to 10. I tipped the Dragons in that game, but it was quite clear midway uh, through that second half when the Dragons had been tackled 60 times in the Titans' 20-meter uh, area uh, that they were in trouble in that game, and Gold Coast took all the advantage they could and end up winning that one 14 to 10. I tip the Dragons in that one, so that may be one from two. The Roosters demolished the Brisbane Broncos. We'll talk about that later. Uh, 58 to 12, I tipped the Roosters in that game, which made me two from three. On Super Sunday, uh, it was free floggings. The Warriors defeating the Knights 36 to 6. The Sharks defeating the Cowboys 28 to 12, and the Panthers coming from behind to beat the Tigers 30 to 6. I did tip the Knights um, in that game, which the Warriors a huge upset there. I tipped, I did originally tip the Sharks, but I changed to the Cowboys um, on the day because I found out Sean Johnson was out still with that hamstring issue, which he's not named again this week. We'll talk about that later. So I tipped the Cowboys. I tipped the Panthers, though. So I was one from three on the Saturday games, uh, which made me three from six heading into... No, sorry. Which made me, yeah, three from six, I think. Yeah, three from six heading into the Sunday games, and then the Storm uh, defeated the Manly Seagulls thirty to six. I tipped the Storm on Sunday, and the Raiders defeated the Bulldogs thirty four to twenty. Tipped both the favourites in that game, which made me five from eight for the week, which put me at eighty eight tips correct after sixteen rounds, which is an average of five point five a round. So, um, not quite where we want to be with the six out of eight. It's we're running out of time in the season. Still haven't got that perfect round either. We'll see how we go in round seventeen. Let's get to all the action. The team list have just dropped. A huge week of football coming up. Let's get to it on the podcast. So as I said, it's a huge uh, weekend of football coming up in round 17. Very hard games to tip this weekend, but the round opener on Thursday night at 7.50pm from Suncorp Stadium when the Brisbane Broncos take on the Penrith Panthers is probably the most one-sided game of the week. We know what to expect going into this game. I mean, the Panthers, uh, well, last week, let's, let's talk about it for the first time uh, pretty much all season, they led in a try first, and they actually had to come from behind to win that game against the Tigers. And it was interesting that Ivan Cleary said that it was almost a relief uh, for the Panthers to concede the first try to see how the Panthers reacted um, to coming from behind in the game. They did it pretty comfortably. The Tigers did show up early in the game. But they just could not stay on pace with Penrith, who didn't panic. Um, they let their experienced playmakers and their forwards uh, really get in out of trouble that game. And it showed you how much class this Penrith Panthers team does have and that they're going to be a real threat come finals because uh, the Panthers are a team at the moment. They're f- uh, three points clear on top of the ladder. They pretty much have the minor premiership wrapped up. And they're a team that uh, can you know score points at any opportunity uh, that you, an opposition gives them. Um, so they're going to be very hard to beat 
this season. Uh, they got the now eleven in a row. The Panthers, so it's going to be very interesting. There's four games left of the regular season. If they don't lose another game heading into the finals, it will be fifteen games in a row that they take into it. And the best record in the modern rugby league, in the modern NRL, anyway, is the Bulldogs, who won seventeen in a row in two thousand and two before it was revealed that they were over the salary cap and they. Uh, Therefore, won the wooden spoon. But the Panthers go undefeated for the rest of the season, including the finals. They'll play week one, get week two off if they win that, and then qualify for the grand final. And if they were to win the grand final, it would be 18 wins in a row, which would be a uh, modern record in rugby league in the NRL. So, very exciting times for Penrith. I mean, Cleary and Luai, their combination has been outstanding. Um, Cleary obviously leads the team, but Luai, when he gets some, um, some space in front of him, he has the vision. Um, to know where to run the football, know when to spread it out wide, and it's absolutely fantastic to see because um, I know that he wasn't necessarily their first choice 5-8 heading into this season. They had guys like Burden and uh, Tyrone May um, that were fighting for that position, but he has really stood up this year, Jerome Luai, and he's one of the form 5-8s of the game, and he definitely deserves his spot in the starting lineup for the Penrith Panthers. Let's move on to the Brisbane Broncos. Obviously, Last weekend, uh, they got destroyed by the Sydney Roosters. They scored a try of an error, and then the second try was for David Fafita barge over. Um, really, it's the same old story from every week. There's not much else to say about the Broncos. Um, they need the season to end. Their spine's not connecting, not really creating any opportunities, whether it's Croft, Milford, Tom Dearden striding his heart out, but... It's just not happening at the moment. I mean, the defense is folding so easily every week, and it's so disappointing to see because I've gone on enough rants about the Broncos this year, but they are one of the uh, most high-profile teams in rugby league. They do have the biggest fan base, and to see them producing such pathetic performances, I'm not going to say they're not trying, but they're not trying nearly hard enough. It is uh, absolutely pathetic. They deserve the wooden spoon. Um, so much so that I think a lot of people were rooting for the Bulldogs to beat the Raiders on Sunday night. Um, but yeah, I don't know where, where the Broncos go for the rest of the season. They've got four weeks left of the regular season. They just need it to, to end. I don't know if they're going to win another game. I know they've got the Cowboys in the final round. That could really be a match that could determine the wooden spoon. So there's a lot to improve for the Broncos. Their lineup, as we know, they've got a lot of young guys, a lot of inexperience in the team, but they've got some veterans that really just need to perform. I mean, Darius Boyd's got four games left of his rugby league career, and really it's going to be a very sad way um, to end it. So uh, the Panthers will win this game, and they'll win, win it pretty easily. But the Panthers by 30 points, and really that's been generous to the Broncos, who have conceded 50 points a lot in season 2020, and really it could be another another opportunity Um for a team to score 50 and for the Broncos to go missing like they have all season. All right, moving on to Friday Night Football. Now, North kicks off at 6 p.m. when the Newcastle Knights take on the travelling Cronulla Sharks from McDonald Jones Stadium up there at Newcastle. And uh, isn't this a big game? A very hard game to tip. I mean, let's talk about the Knights first. Well, Adam O'Brien, after last week's pathetic uh, loss to the New Zealand Warriors, who admittedly are playing good football, um... But it was a horrible performance by Newcastle last week. Adam O'Brien has called for an honesty session with his players where they will discuss what they really want to take from this season. I mean, it's been an up-and-down season for them. They're well and truly in the eight, which is a positive for them. They're five points clear of the Warriors, um, currently in a seventh position, Newcastle, the Warriors at ninth. Um, but really, they failed to fire a shot against the Warriors last week, and the Warriors are outplaying them, and so is pretty much every other team in the top eight. So Newcastle need... 
a real boost heading into the finals because it could be a very early exit for them in the finals. Their playmakers are struggling. They're all talented players. You've got Mitchell Pearce and Lino in the half. You've got Kurt Mann at hooker. And obviously the, the very uh, exciting and damaging Kalen Ponga back there at fullback. But they're not really combining. They're struggling to make opportunities being you know solo players out there. Um, they just need to get that combination uh, right, and they need to give their, their team more chances in attack because, as I said, they barely fired a shot last week. It was a very disappointing performance. And Adam O'Brien, I think he is the coach to get them in the future, but he needs to sit him down like he has done uh, and really really see if his, if his team is going to show up uh, for the last four weeks and really dig in heading into this finals campaign um, because there's still a chance that they could miss out in the finals. Um but they should be there, and really, um, the last week wasn't after NRL quality. So uh, the pressure's on Newcastle. Cronulla, they're still missing Sean Johnson this week. I'm reading the team list here, and they've got Chad Townsend back, which is a big back for them this week. Um, but their young playmakers really stood up and did the job last week against the Cowboys. It was a slow start. I still question their defense at sometimes, the Sharks. Um, but this one, this is their biggest challenge for a while. Um, and it'll really be a good test to see where they're at in terms of uh, in terms of challenging the good teams in 2020. So both of these teams, very important week for them um, to really prove that they belong in the finals. The loser of this game, well, they are going to be under a little bit more pressure. I mean, whoever wins is pretty much confirmed for the finals. Whoever loses, if the Sharks lose and the Warriors were to win this week, uh, the, Sh- uh, the Sharks would be two points clear in the eights. And if Newcastle were to lose and the Warriors will win, uh, Newcastle would be three points in eighth, but that's not really a certainty considering there's going to be three games after this week. So, very important gap match for both teams. So I expect it to be very close. Um, the battle between Caleb Pong and Will Kennedy will be very interesting. I think Will Kennedy is really getting into his own in the NRL. He's really made that fullback position his own with the injuries to Matt Moylan and Josh Dugan being moved to the centers. Um, he struggled at times for consistency in 2020, but I was really impressed by what I saw uh, by him against the Cowboys last week. And uh, it's promising signs. I mean, I'm really struggling to to make a tip for this game. It's going to be very close. Whoever wins it, I think it's going to be, a, as I said, a very even contest. Both these teams are going to be desperate to get the two points um, and show that they belong in the top eight. I just think Newcastle have more of an opportunity to get it together. I think Adam O'Brien, as I said, he's a out-and-out first-grade coach. Um, he really has done what has needed to be done, in my opinion, since that pathetic performance last Saturday, and he's not going to take another pathetic performance. Um, he's not going to take it. He's, he's not going to take any excuses for it, and he'll make the changes if they don't show up this week. So a lot of pressure under Newcastle. I'm tipping them by four points. I think the home field advantage helps them, and I think that if Ponga and Pierce can combine well um, on the back of their, perform- their forwards, uh, Saifidi and Clemmer and Fitzgibbon, if they can get on the front foot of the uh, Sharks, which won't be easy. Sharks got a good forward pack as well. But I think the uh, the Knights have just a little bit more firepower, a, li- a little bit more um, will to win this one because there's going to be all sorts of pressure if the Knights lose it. So I've got the Knights by four points in this game. And the second game of Friday Night Football shapes up to be an absolute blockbuster. When from ANZ Stadium, the South Sydney Rabbitohs host the travelling Melbourne Storm on Friday night at 7.55pm. And wow, the South Sydney Rabbitohs, what a past fortnight it has been for them. They are flying at the moment, absolutely destroying the Parramatta Eels last Thursday night, 38-0. They played an almost perfect game, and their completion rates 
have been out, absolutely outstanding since the return of Wayne Bennett from his COVID two-week stand-down. Um, they're flying at the moment. As I said, they're the form team in the NRL besides Penrith. They've got six wins on the trot now. And uh, Cody Walker and Adam Reynolds, they combined as well as I've ever seen them combined last week. Um, they really gave their team a lot of an attackive opportunities. And them with Latrell Mitchell uh, really caused havoc for Parramatta all night. Of course, Latrell Mitchell, a season-ending injury for him. He's going to be out for the rest of 2020 and maybe the start of 2021 um, with an unfortunate uh Hamstring injury there, or calf injury, I believe it was. Um, so they've got that loss to cover. They've got Alex Johnson back from injury this week, so he's going to slot back to his preferred spot of fullback. Um, and Corey Allen will keep his spot on the wing for the Rabbitohs. The Melbourne Storm, they aren't heading into this game fully fit either. Uh, Nelson Asofa Solomona uh, got injured last week. Hopefully he's not out for too long, but Chris Lewis will come into the second row for him. Um as well, and uh, Vunavalu is still out. So the young, um, the young winger in Isaac Lumalani, Lumali, can't pronounce his name properly, but uh, he had an absolutely outstanding debut last week against Manly, and he'll be looking uh, to improve that form heading into this big game against the Rabbitohs, who are in much better form than Manly. So it's going to be a blockbuster game this one. Um, Munster and Cameron Smith had a successful return last weekend. I don't think they were both at their best, so I think a week under football will help them. And the Rabbitohs, it's all about consistency. I mean, if they keep winning, if they can win their remaining four games of the regular season, they really give themselves a good opportunity to make the top four. When you look back uh, six weeks ago, before they went on this six-game winning streak, they were five wins and six losses. So it's amazing how the Rabbitohs have turned their season around. It's been on the back of their playmakers really standing up, Cody Walker, Latrell Mitchell, and Adam Reynolds, and their forward pack has really uh, bullied opposition like Manly and Parramatta's over the past fortnight. So great signs for the Rabbitohs. Are they a genuine premiership threat? That remains to be seen, but if they were to win this game this weekend, they'd really come into the conversation. They do have the Roosters round 20, so it's going to be a very interesting game there. Um, but I don't know who to tip in this game ever. As I said, it's a very hard week with... Footy tips. Um, I'm leaning towards Melbourne just because I think the experience of Munster and Smith, um, they're a hard team to beat. Ryan Pappenhausen um, slots in at fullback. And I said a couple of weeks ago, I don't see them losing another game in 2020. That was before Parramatta defeated them 14-0. Um, but really, that's been their only setback for a very long time. And they did have a lot of players yet for that game. And I just think Melbourne are at a place at the moment where if anyone's going to challenge the Penrith Panthers in this competition, it will be the Storm. Um, they're the ultimate professionals. I've said it many times on the show. And I just think that they're a team at the moment that just has a little bit too much for the Rabbitohs who are flying on confidence. And don't rule out the Rabbitohs, though, because confidence is such a... They're very they're a very confidence-based team, the Rabbitohs. And when they're confident uh, and when they're winning games, they're very hard to stop as well. So it's going to be an absolute classic on Friday night. It could even go to Golden Point in this one. I'm going to tip the Storm by two points. Um, but as I said, it could go either way and... Really, a loss for Melbourne really, really hurt them too much. A win for the Rabbitohs would propel them into top four conversation. Um, so, a lot a lot uh, of motivation for South Sydney to cause the upset. Um, and the Storm, they're pretty much guaranteed a top four spot. So, they're just trying to get some form heading into the finals. So, it's a big game. Um, I've got the Storm by two points in it. All right, moving on to my favorite time of the week, and that is Super Saturday. And it all kicks off at 3 p.m., from ANZ Stadium when the Canterbury Bulldogs take on the Gold Coast Titans. And the Bulldogs, well, they were so close on Sunday night to securing only their third victory of the season. At halftime, they led the Raiders 20-12. to And 
it all looked up. The Raiders had a sin binning uh, early in the second half as well to Josh Starling. But then it was all one-way traffic. The Raiders really switched on um, in the second half and really demolished the Bulldogs and ended any hope of a huge upset. Uh, but if the Bulldogs were to win one more game, they would come off the bottom of the ladder. So a lot of pressure on the Bulldogs to win a game in the next four weeks. They've obviously no easy opponent this weekend in the Gold Coast Titans um, because the Titans have been on fire as of late. And while they weren't at their best last weekend against the St. George Laura Dragons, their defense was absolutely outstanding. The Dragons got tackled in the Titans' 20-meter zone 60 times and only managed one try at a certain point. In that game, of course, they ended with two tries, but the Titans, they came uh, home storming and scored two late tries to beat the Dragons, and that officially brings Justin Holbrook in his first year as the Gold Coast top coach uh, to having a more successful season uh, with them than they did last year. They've won five games out of fifteen this year, uh, out of 16 this year for about 30%, but they only won four games in the entire 2019. The young guys are growing with confidence each and every week, and I think there's really positive signs for the Titans' future. As much so to suggest, in my opinion, that they could be a genuine finals force in 2021. So they're traveling really well. Um, the Bulldogs did play their best game of the season last week um, in that first half. Um, but as I said, the Raiders just had too much firepower, went home strong. Um, it was good to see Foran and Lewis create some opportunities. Foran Will Hopwadi has been outstanding since he's come back to fullback. But I just think the, the Titans... Under uh, under Alexander Brimson, AJ Brimson's been outstanding for him this year. Under his leadership um, that he adds at the back, and Fogarty's playing some good football there at the moment as well, they're going to be a very hard team to beat. And I do like Tyrone Peachy um, in that playmaker role there in in the lock position. He can play both in the forwards and as a playmaker, and I really like that. I really think that's a good addition to the Titans team. And I've got the Titans in this game by 16 points. Nothing against the Bulldogs, but... In my opinion, the Titans are just flying at the moment, and I think they're going to win a lot of games um, in the next four weeks and really um, show that they can be a force in 2021. And the 5.30 game on Saturday night shapes up to be maybe the worst game of the weekend, but it's a very close game, and that is when the West Tigers travel to Lotto Land in Brookvale to take on the Manly Seagulls. And for the Tigers last weekend, they really showed up early in that game against Penrith. Um, but they couldn't maintain that momentum and end up getting flogged by the most likely minor premiers last weekend. Um, Michael Maguire has come out since that game and said that they are in a rebuilding process and he's really going to examine uh, which players will be there for next year and he's really going to shed uh, and sorry, his blood some young players uh, for the rest of the season. So interesting comments by him. Um, there's been all sorts of rumors about Benji Marshall and his future and whether he will remain a Tiger in 2021, the odds are that he won't. Harry Grant, of course, he's leaving at the end of the year. Um, so the odds are that Little's going to be playing a lot of minutes and taking away from Harry Grant's minutes as well. But they're versing a team in the Manly Seagulls who, as I said, as bad as the Tigers have been going, Manly have been going worse. I mean, it's been a long time since wins for them. Um, they beat the Eels, you know, about a month ago. And some critics said, you know, Manly are back. Um, but it's not the case. They haven't named Tommy Turbo again this week, probably for the best... I know that he would like some match time before the end of the season just to get ready for a potentially uh, Blues jersey. Um, but, I mean, it's hard to pick positives. Last weekend against the Storm, there was a period of the game where Manly were really in the contest at the start of the match, and it was a good uh, pass from Martin Tapia to Adam Fanil Blake that put him over. But apart from that, Manly really didn't 
fire a shot, didn't really worry Melbourne too much. Um, and, you know, they've got such a young side, guys like Cade Young, uh, sorry, Cade Cust, uh, Tavita Thuna. Um, they've got a young bloke, Miski, uh, coming in the wing this week as well. Sean Kepi, all these young guys. And it's really just been a very disappointing season for them after last year. They stormed home into the finals. Um, but really, their fire PR, apart from Curtis Sirenen uh, and Fanil Blake, they're not really worrying defensive lines. Cherry Evans hasn't been at his best this year. And I mean, Jake Sorovich, he's going to try every week, but there's not too much Manly can do at the moment. They're trying in matches, but uh, it's just bad injury luck and just down on confidence. And I don't know if they're going to win a game for the rest of the year. So it's going to be a very interesting game between the Tigers and Manly because, as I said, both of these teams not playing the best football. And really, if you want to fall asleep in this game, if you want to get a beverage and get ready for the 7.30 blockbuster, I'd recommend doing it because it's it's definitely a game you can miss. I, it's a toss of the coin who wins this one. Um, and on the advice of my dad, I'm actually going to tip the Tigers in this game. I, was, I went into this podcast with Manly written down, but uh, he's convinced me otherwise. Finish me there, the Tigers. Um, some of those guys are playing for contracts and playing for their playing futures. Guys like Luke Brooks, he's played 146 games without a finals appearance, and it's pathetic to think that the Tigers haven't made the finals since 2011. So really, Michael Maguire is not the coach that's, not, that's going to take that, and um, he's going to be looking for reasons to move players on. So the Tigers, are, as I said, under a lot of pressure, mainly under a lot of pressure. We've got the Tigers by two points in this game, but really, hopefully, both these teams can have better seasons next year. The 7.35pm game shapes up to be an absolute classic. Could be the match of the season. The grand final rematch from Geo Stadium down there in Canberra when the Canberra Raiders take on the Sydney Roosters. And the Roosters, back to their best the past fortnight. They dismantled the Tigers two weeks ago before last weekend, destroying the Brisbane Broncos. And they have a couple of huge inclusions this week. Angus Crichton is a chance to return into the side. He's been named in the 18 jersey. Luke Keary, an early return from a jaw injury. Um, that's a huge inclusion for him in the halves. And Sonny Bill Williams, the big news, he has been named on the bench this weekend to make his first appearance since the 2014 preliminary final. Um, he's picked a hell of a week to come back because the Canberra Raiders have also been red hot recently. They dismantled uh, the Bulldogs in the second half after a first half scare last weekend, but I think they had an eye on the prize this week because this is the game they've been put the red mark around for uh, the red mark around on their calendar for quite a long time um, since they did defeat the Roosters a couple months ago and Jack Wyden absolutely sizzling form the last fortnight he's ready to go for this game it'll be interesting to see if he gets much chance to get involved in the attack because it's going to be a hell of a battle up front you've got Hargraves versus Papali you've got Cordner versus Bateman you've got Takiaho versus Ryan Sutton it doesn't get any bigger than this game it's a battle for the top 4 um, and it's shaping up to be an absolute blockbuster, as I said. So um, where this game will be won, as I said, the forward packs are going to determine the pace. We'll see if guys like Charles Dingle, Klodstad, and Tedesco can really uh, get into the match early. But if they can, um, it's really going to dictate which team wins this game. And I'm looking at the teams, and it's pretty evenly matched. It reminds me of the 2019 Grand Final, not just because of the teams that are playing, but because it is such an evenly uh, matched up game, and I don't know who I'm backing this one. It is Josh Morris's 300th, so just a moment uh, to attribute to Josh Morris. He's been an absolutely outstanding performer 
uh, over the past 10 to 15 years. And he gave his all for New South Wales, for the Dragons, for the Bulldogs, for the Sharks, and now for the Roosters. Unlike his brother Brett, who has won two premierships and scored some more tries, but hasn't played 300 games. Josh Morris, of course, hasn't got a premiership to his name yet, so it would be the cap of his career, the feather to his cap, if he is to win his inaugural premiership this year for the Sydney Roosters. And hopefully the Morris brothers play on next year, but that's a milestone that will add even more fuel for the Sydney Roosters. As I said, they're getting back to some of their best form. They're going to be very hard to beat, and they're going to really make a run in this finals. Whoever wins this game is shaping up to wrap up the fourth spot on the ladder. Um, maybe both these teams can make the top eight, uh, top four if the Eels were to drop out of it. But as I said, it's a huge game. It could go to Golden Point. It's anyone's guess who's going to win this one. I'm going off the Roosters because of their professionalism. The past two years, um, as I said, they've been almost unbeatable uh, heading into this season. They've had their troubles this year. Uh, but with all their troops back on board, they're going to be very hard to beat. And I've got the Roosters by one point in this game. But I'm just excited to watch it because it's shaping up to be an absolute classic um, and it's going to go the distance, and really, it's hard to split these two teams at the moment, and whoever wins this game, as I said, takes such a huge advantage heading into the final series this year, so definitely, if you're going to watch one game this weekend, watch this game between the Raiders and the Roosters. And two interesting matchups on Sunday afternoon, it all starts at 4 o'clock when the New Zealand Warriors take on the Parramatta Eels from Central Coast Stadium, and what an important game this is shaping up to be for the Parramatta Eels uh, the past month has not gone the way they wanted. They've been called pretenders by a lot of uh, fans, uh, even their fans, to be honest, um, after some poor displays, losing to the Dragons in the past month, losing to Manly recently. And last weekend, it just all fell apart. I mean, they were blown off the park against the South Sydney Rabbitohs. And uh, as much as it was a story of the Rabbitohs playing fantastic, the Eels were so poor, um, they got exposed multiple times in defence, whether it was... Their halves that got targeted in Dylan Brown and Mitchell Moses or their centers um, and their backs in Micah Sivo and Wonga Blake who came flying out of the line multiple times. Blake Ferguson didn't have a good game. and It's really an important game this weekend because the Warriors are flying at the moment. They're four points out of the eight, but they could make a late top eight push if they were to win this game. But this is, fa- this is looking to be one of their biggest challenges because Brad Arthur uh, isn't going to accept the pathetic... Parramatta we've seen the past couple of weeks. I mean, as I said last week on the show, it was such an important game against the Rabbitohs because they were supposed to be building form to an inevitable finals push and an inevitable finals campaign, which could see them uh, win their first premiership since 1986. But at the moment, that seems like it's a very, very far way off. I mean, if you ask me at the moment, from what I saw last weekend, it's it's more of a chance that the Eagles are going to go 50 years without winning the Premiership than winning the Premiership in 2020. So they need to just blow everything up. They need to go back to the basics. Um, their goal line defense was pathetic last weekend. They didn't offer anything in attack. They didn't score a point against the South Sydney Rabbitohs, who really aren't a team that's known for their outstanding defense. So um, it's all on the line for the Eels. If they lose this game, they could be in contention of dropping out of the top four. It could all fall apart for the Eels. So this is a huge game this week. The Warriors, as I said, they're playing for their season. Roger Tuavavi-Shek's playing great football. Um, Adam Pompey um, playing some good football. Their halves are really combining well. And they're just playing like uh, everything's on the line for a team that's obviously have had so many excuses to lie down 
and concede defeat this season. The Warriors haven't been a shining light to the 2020 COVID-affected season. And really, the Eels should be taking a lesson from the Warriors because the Warriors haven't had that much to play for in the past month. And they've been showing up for each other each and every week. And I just don't see the same commitment from the Eels. Mitchell Moses, Dylan Brown have both been disappointed. Dylan Brown not playing this week. But Mitchell Moses has really failed to step up. He went missing last week against the Rabbitohs. He has this tendency to go missing when big games uh, are happening and when the game's on the line. And you really can't do that if you're going to compete against the teams like the Penrith Panthers, the Sydney Roosters, the Melbourne Storm, and obviously the, the Rabbitohs who dismantled them last week. So... I just don't know about this Eels side and they need a win this week, but I don't think they're going to get it. I've got the Warriors by 10 points and really, if the Eels were to lose this game, it's going to be one of the most disappointing drop-offs to a season that I can remember in quite a long time. So the pressure all on Parramatta this weekend and really they could crumble under that pressure. The Warriors by 10 points in a huge upset on Sunday football. Which leads us to the final game of the weekend, the 6.30 Sunday game, which is a game that I hate watching. I don't like 6.30 Sunday football. I much prefer the 2 o'clock and 4 o'clock system. And really, if you want to skip this game, you can because it's the taking place from Queensland Country Bank Stadium. It's the North Queensland Cowboys versus the St. George Illawarra Dragons. Really, it's a meaningless game. The Dragons last weekend, very disappointing against the Gold Coast Titan. Their seasons were on the line and uh, they really didn't show up Um with football in hand, they got tackled 60 times um, in the Gold Coast Titans' 20-meter line area in their in their danger zone, and they couldn't fire a shot really against the Titans. Um, their playmakers really sh- did not show up. Matt Dufty was barely seen, barely sighted. Um, that's you know that's why I've, I said I've got issues with him. Sometimes he can be outstanding. Sometimes he's just a he's just a passenger out there. Corey Norman very disappointing for a man that you know has been dropped this season. Adam Clune tried hard, so did Ben Hunt, but really it just didn't go come together for the Dragons and the Cowboys. I mean, I changed my tip from the Sharks to the Cowboys late Saturday afternoon uh, before that match started, and they did have a good start to the game uh, before losing Michael Morgan to injury, and really it fell apart after that. Uh, they're missing Morgan. They're missing Tamalolo this weekend. They put Valentine Holmes back at fullback. Um, the hammer comes back into the side. Scott Drinkwater and Jay Clifford are your halves this weekend with Arcee on the bench. So some changes there to their spine. Um, they, they seem to have changed their spine every week, unfortunately. Um, and really, the Cowboys, no one's really talking about them in the wooden spoon battle, but they've only won three games this year, the same amount as the Brisbane Broncos, who will be getting so much heat. And um, I, I hear rumors that Todd Payton's going to be announced their head coach in the coming week, but he's going to have a lot... Uh, to, to improve for next season because they're in all sorts of trouble. So are the Dragons. Um, the Dragons, you would think, should win this game um, just back based on what we've seen in 2020. But as I said, the games that the Dragons should win, they really struggle to win. Um, and, you know, you never know what you're going to get with the St. George or Dragons. I said it in that game against the Broncos and they barely did defeat the Brisbane Broncos. Every other team has been flogging recently and... Uh, the Cowboys, as I said, they haven't won a game for a long time. They should have beat the Rabbitohs uh, a few weeks ago. They didn't capitalise when the game was on the line. Um, I'm going to have to go to the Dragons in this game, and I'm going to go to the Dragons by eight points. But interesting note, the Cowboys have a big game in round 20 against the Broncos. That could have serious wooden spoon implications. And I actually, if I had to tip that game to get to right now today, as bad as the Broncos are playing, I think they've got a big chance to, win, to beat the Cowboys. So... Um, Hopefully this game provides some sort of form improvement for these sides, but it's a real dour note to end the week, and I've got the Dragons by 16 in it.